It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Sounds like applause this week. Why are you whispering? What? Uh, am I whispering? Yes. Well, I, I'm whispering because I want women to hear me. Well, why why am I whispering? I don't know. Is that weird? What happens when someone whispers? You start whispering. I'm not whispering, but you're whispering. Why are you whispering? Isn't that what our show's about today? Whispering. Yeah. No. 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 Well, you don't. What, you well. What, it, I want to know. What, not, no. Really. Yeah. No. You have to whisper into women's ears. I want to be a female whisperer. A woman whisperer. A woman whisperer. You, you can be a woman. You are a woman whisperer. I thought you, I was. you give our girlfriends lots of good advice. Oh, thank you. But because, you mean I don't have to whisper to do that? You know what? What was that old campaign? If you want to get someone's attention, whisper. Was that it? Was that a perfume? Was that? I thought. If you want to get someone's attention, whisper. Canoe, canoe. Right? Or Anjali. What was I it? I don't, I don't remember, but so... One of those perfumes, mean, yes. But yes. it's kind of true, right? If whispering, you know... I Say it soft. Say it proud. Yeah, I'm say it proud. loud. I'm black and I'm proud. You're female. <laughs> I have a vagina and I'm proud. So I don't have to whisper? No, you don't have oh, to whisper. Oh, God, thank God. I was thinking I had to whisper the whole show. No, no, no. But you what, but what? you know what? You, you whisper... Here's, here's what you do mm-hmm. as a man. You do give... Okay, and this is where what this show is all about, uh, that men give women good advice, we, whether they shout it or whisper it. And, and our guest today has a knack for right. getting into women's ears. Anywhere else? <laughs> okay, that's quite a knack. That's a, that's a good knack he's got. Well, okay, so... I don't have to whisper. You don't. We don't have to. Whisper. Oh, okay. So I can talk full voice, and that's great because I, I do like to you know offer advice where warranted, sometimes where it's not warranted, and uh, you know whispering makes it a little more difficult to be heard sometimes. But uh, you know, I think uh, I have some insight into things. Yes, you do. I've heard your 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 advice to women, and it's excellent. It's really really good. Oh, thank you. Um, I, where were you when I was single? Uh, I was uh, uh, out there myself. Why weren't you whispering into my ear? Maybe I was. Don't get too serious. I sh- maybe I, I was saying used, that. You know, I when I think back on um, uh, the guy, the friends and guys and, and girlfriends while I was single and and struggling, um, the best advice I got was from two people in particular, two of my guy friends, gave me really, really excellent advice. And, um, and you know, they have a different take. They have, women are fantastic. Um, sometimes women, though, are too close to the situation, and they're female. And they kind of see things through female eyes sometimes. And, you, you know, they can't help themselves. I do when I'm giving advice. Um but I like to think I give excellent advice because I can see because I've dated so much and been single so much and have worked through so much stuff with guys and have talked to guys. I can give really um, 
good, solid advice to women because I sort of speak for men as well. I've heard it all. Well, that's important. I think that it's it's great to hear that you got well-rounded advice from women and men and that you have uh, such close men friends to trust and uh, they came through with some good advice for you. I don't, I don't know what that was, but I'm sure it was um, helpful. One, okay, so I have a friend, Jeff, who lives in New York, you know, and um, I, when I was single, I used to have a piece of, this is, I don't know if this is relevant, but I, you know what, it is advice. So um, I used to have a piece of artwork on my, in an old apartment. Uh, it was like, a, it was a painting on a piece of wood and it was of a cowgirl. And, and I got it at a flea market or like a swap meet. And it was really cute and I loved it. And, and the cowgirl was cute and it said trouble underneath underneath the picture, the painting of the cowgirl. And I had it up there for a really long time during some really tough times. And one time, no, I mean, I wasn't, I just thought it was cute, trouble and, you know. So he, I never thought anything of it. Uh, He one day said to me, you know, you should really get rid of that piece of art on your wall. Um, It was right by my front door, too. Hmm. So I, I saw it every right. day. I saw it every day coming and going. Mm-hmm. And he said, you should take that down. Uh-huh. And I said, why? And he said, because it says trouble. And that's just re- negative reinforcement to you that your life is either trouble uh-huh. or you're trouble mm-hmm. or there's some kind of, um, you know, just some bad juju around you. And it it made sense. So you I got ended up... Yeah, I got rid of it. Good. I think I gave it to my cousin Dana. <laughs> and you saddled her with the trouble. So did she? Hopefully, she got rid of it too. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I. You know what? Talk it's about not paying like it, it forward. Right. No, it's it's cousin Dana. If you're listening, yeah, you, get rid you, of it I, now. I, I hope it's brought you good luck. Uh-huh. It, and it wasn't that it brought me bad luck. It just I and I would have never thought of it if had he not said it. And that was a really good piece of advice. Because I do think that um, your your space, um, you should, if you're going to look at something every day, it should be positive reinforcement and not word and negative words like trouble. So that was that was one thing that a guy told me, and there were other things guys have told me. Uh, <laughs> well, we don't have time for that, and that's a, that would that, be a whole that other episode. Were, that were, but but, but I. I, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic, girls out there, ladies, if you're listening. If you have a good guy friend, which, by the way, I highly recommend. As Yes, highly. I do too. I mean, if you don't have a good guy friend, go out and get one today. And let me say to all the men out there who may be involved in a relationship, uh, be embracing of your women's guy friends. This is so important. And... It's nothing to be jealous about or even envious about. I I embrace uh, Trevor's beautiful male friends because she's got many of them, and they've all become very close friends of mine too, which I'm very fortunate about. Yeah, they um, they have really gems. They have pearls of wisdom, uh, ladies. Uh, they don't come with an agenda. They don't have an MO. They are pure spirited. They want the best for you. If that is, if they don't want to, you know get in your pants but um you know you, we oh. could have that's a whole other episode can you really be friends with a man oh okay well i think you just uh shot uh 
your 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 last sentence uh, down for that. So I well, I, I think you can. Is, of course, you can. But there are a lot of people that say there are a lot of people that think you can't really because there's always going to be that sort of tension going on. But no, I. Yeah, we we've actually addressed this before, and I I, th- I think that that's a, yeah a very healthy thing to I, have. I, oh yeah, there were sex friends when you're single. Uh, wow, it helps to have guy friends to go to the movies with Correct. and go out with. No, not just platonic, just platonic. And they give you the truth. Okay, so right? truth, true, true that. So uh, we are, today we're going to be talking about uh, what females need to hear yeah. about men Yes. that they may not hear from their women friends. Right. Right. And so. that's something that is really a, a invaluable uh, thing to learn. And uh, looking forward to uh, hearing our guest, Ken, come up. And uh, we we may have a caller or two, and we have some questions, and we have a, we should have a, a chock-full show here coming up. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is one of my favorite subjects because I feel like um, there's so much value in um, – Opinions from someone of the opposite sex that wants nothing from you, and someone who's good and 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 trustworthy. And should we talk about what constitutes good and trustworthy in a in an opposite sex friend? Because I think that you you just touched on something that you know some male friends may have ulterior motives, uh, or may have had those motives when you were single, and now they are relegated to a friend, uh, but that's actually a wonderful place to be in in your life, I would think. And uh, as I relish the women that are that in my life. And uh, so uh, you have to trust those men and they trust you. And, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, somebody, you've got some incredible guy friends that I grown to love and, and they become very close friends of mine. And, and they were all really truthful with me. And they didn't hold back. And like I said, there was no MO. They're not, you know, when you have an opposite sex friend, there's no jealousy or competitiveness. They're going to tell you like it is. And, you know, you should listen. And um, and our, our guest, Ken Bechtel, today has made a, a real life out of it. I mean, a real career um, out of being a mentor to women. And I wish I had a mentor I was for so many reasons, but I really do. I wish I had someone like Ken or someone to to help me through things when I was struggling as a single person and needed direction and guidance. I think it's really important um, because it's it's food for thought. That that's not from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. So the other, so we have time for one more yeah, yes. anecdote. I think we do. So the other the other friend of mine whom you know, um, gave me some great advice once. Um, I was dating someone. I was about six months in. We hadn't said I love you to each other yet at the six-month point. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I just really didn't give it much thought um, until he said something to me. And he said, why haven't you two said I love you to each other? And, and you didn't ask, why haven't you said I love you to me first? And it's, so... It's like, who goes first? And I thought, oh, he kind of planted the seed in my mind. Wow, why Why are we not? I, I'm glad you know, it's the only seed he planted in here. Um, <laughs> and it just, it got me thinking, and he was honest with me, and he said, no, you really should talk to him about it. And I, and he gave me the motivation to, to do that. 
And had I not done that, I wouldn't have gotten my answers. I got the strength. Well, what, I mustered what, a, what was the confrontation? I want to hear what happened. Well, oops, look at this. We have to go to break. No, we have a, we have a full <laughs> minute. Go. You're on. I, it ended. <laughs> okay, but it ha- it did. I brought it. I I brought something up, but I did it out of from a place of strength. So saying "I love you" was not something that he was going it to be comfortable love. with. It wasn't. Love. It wasn't love, as I found out. But had I not been urged on uh, by this male friend of mine, mm-hmm. I probably would have never found out. And who knows? Maybe I would have found out, but some months later. But he had my back. And right. he he wanted me to be loved, and he wants me to have love, and he wants the best for me, and so I took his advice. Well, that was a smart move. And, and he and and you know you know this friend of ours who's now our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he has gotten me through a bunch of stuff, and he approved of you. So that really oh that's that was very. I love this guy. I don't know who it is actually <laughs> he, right now. He gave think, thumbs up to us, so. Great. Well, uh, so speaking of thumbs up, we have a, a first break, and uh, then we're going to bring our guest, Ken Bechtel, on, and uh, looking forward to this. So we will be right back. Now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. So, so I want to make a little announcement. I also want to say that the, the friend, this is all tying into my little announcement, the friend that I was just referencing, who my dearest, closest male BFF friend, um, who gave me that wise piece of advice, is the same friend that was, um, I don't know if all of you were listening, we, had a, we have a friend that was- About six weeks ago. Had a terrible medical mishap. Um, and we were very concerned for his life, as uh, all of his family and friends were. And he has made a miraculous recovery yeah. after being in ICU for five weeks. Yes. And he's home and doing great and yelling at the TV and couldn't we couldn't be happier for it. It was touch and go. Yeah. It was so. not a good time. Um, and I was deeply, deeply affected and... Um, I, this, yeah. this person was, has gotten me through, I mean, I, I credit him with piecing my heart together so many times, such a good guy, such a good friend, Scooty, if love you're you, listening, Scooty. we okay. love you, I love you, thank yeah. you so much for being such an excellent friend, thank you, so, okay. so that's bringing it. in our next woman whisperer, <laughs> the woman whisperer, yes. Ken Bechtel, amateur, okay, for over 20 years, Ken Bechtel has shared his insights and amusement as a relationship mentor, speaker, and educator to help women get their needs met and be loved for all of their unique beauty. As the creator of the Finding Success in Love program, he brings you the real story from a man's perspective of what it takes to be loved and adored by a great guy. He is also the creator and host of the wildly popular Speaking of Partnership podcast that is heard in over 100 countries around the world. Listen in to learn from the world's leading relationship experts, personal stories of partnership, failure, and success. And I have to say that I have been a guest of Ken's. I have been on the Speaking of Partnership podcast. It was fantastic. He was fantastic. I went to places that I ha- I've been on other people's podcasts before, but this one 
went really deep and it was really honest and he has that way with awesome. women. So welcome, Ken. Are you there? Hi, Ken. Hi, Robbie and Trevor. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ken Bechtel. Thanks for having me on. All right. Are you whispering? That was so reason? funny that you were whispering. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks so, for Ken, me. Great um, Ken, what do you think of, uh, I know what you're going to say, but what do you think about men giving women advice? And I guess not all men are equipped or should be giving women advice, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a great question because you're right. Not, not all men are equipped for that. And you guys were talking about something earlier about, you know, what's the MO? And, yeah, are there guys with alternative motives? Absolutely. But not as many as women have been told there are. So there's this myth that every man only does anything for a woman to get in their pants. It's the only possible reason he would do anything nice for you. Huh. It's totally false, but it's something, you know, you want to be mindful, right? So when you're looking at getting advice from a man, one of the biggest benefits that I've seen, and I hear this from women day in and day out, they may have heard the same thing from a female coach, a friend of theirs that's a woman, but in the back of their mind, there's this little niggling doubt. They still are like, I wish that was true, but I don't really know if that's true because it sounds too good to be true. But when they hear it from a man that they can trust, then they have no more questions. And they're like, okay, now I totally believe it. So it, it erases that doubt that's in the back of your mind saying, really? I mean, I want that to be the case, but I don't believe it because you're not a guy. But when they hear it from a man, then they're like, there's no reason he would say this unless this was factual. So it definitely erases that doubt that's going around in the back of their heads. So, okay, so you're an advice, the master advice giver here today. Uh, I want to know, if you were to give one piece of advice to women that are struggling to meet quality men or continue to date undesirable men, what would that be? I know I have my thoughts from a woman's perspective, but how would you advise your your clients? Well, the biggest thing here is when we're seeing patterns, right? When we're repeating the same thing, dating the same guy with a different face, it's over and over, it's the same thing. Typically what's happening is as a woman, you're actually creating this out of your fears. So you're in what I call avoidance mode, which means you're going, I don't want a guy like this, so i got to watch out to see if he is. So we're looking for any signs. Like, I'll give you a great example. I was working with a woman in San Diego, and she was distressed because she's like, I'm in my mid-50s. I've already raised my family. I don't want to raise another family. So I'm looking for a man who doesn't have younger kids that he's still bringing up. And every man I meet has a family that he's, you know, they're 10-year-old, they're 12-year-old, whatever. And she goes, and the weird part is all my girlfriends here in San Diego are like, I don't get it because we never meet guys who have families. But because she was so focused on what she didn't want, that's what she kept finding. It's the same way when I hear women say all the men I meet are, are married. Well, it's an absolute fact that there are more single people in America than there have ever been. 
Actually, there are more single people than married people. So it's statistically impossible that every man you're meeting is married. But if that's what you're guarded against, that's where your attention is going to go. So we end up creating our own reality by being in avoidance mode. And the, one, the thing about avoidance mode that's so incapacitating is it takes up all your, your energy. You can't ever stop avoiding. So you're 24-7 on guard. And what happens? You don't have any energy left to create what you do want. So typically this is what's going on in one form or another. And most of the time it's unconscious. It's in the background. It's kind of like a blind spot. When I talk with women, we'll be talking in literally within five or ten minutes. I'll hear them saying all these things that are avoidance, and they don't even realize they're doing it. And when I bring it to their attention, they're like, I did? I'm like, yeah. It's just become a part of your your language and your approach, and you don't even know you're doing it. So that's what typically creates these patterns of either finding guys who are undesirable or just, you know, you can't meet anybody that meets your criteria because you're looking for the guys that aren't. So, okay, so let me get this straight. You are saying that women, if you come from a place of fear and you operate with that constant with that constant you know fearfulness of meeting this one particular kind of guy all the time that is ultimately what you're going to attract you just can't help it it's just the you know quantum physics or law of attraction or unattraction as it were yeah and what's going to happen is it's not so much that it's what you're going to attract it's what you're going to see and so you'll start to go i'm asking for too much Obviously, there aren't any guys like this. I need to modify my my goals. And so you start to settle because you think there aren't any. This is the same thing why, you know, women also think, maybe I should just be okay if they have a family. No. There are lots of guys that are out there looking for a partner that don't have a family. Just because that's what you're encountering does not mean that's the truth. Every guy has a family he's still raising or every guy is married. So it's about that focus. And yeah, it's definitely part of the law of attraction. And I want to clarify something. When I said it's it's coming from fear, it's coming from um, the fear of wasting time. I don't want to waste more time on another XYZ relationship. And so we're trying to guard against that. And so now what's happening is we're no longer guarding against the actual relationship like that. We're guarding against the possibility of a relationship like that. So, I mean, on a very simple level, if you're like, I don't want to get hurt and get my heart broken in another relationship. Well, if you're guarding against the possibility of having your heart broke, you're done because that's always a possibility. Every relationship has the possibility of getting your heart broke. So if you're going to avoid any possibility of that, you'll just stop. So So these things are really tricky and we actually box ourselves in. Yeah. Uh, so, Ken, in your uh, 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 consultations with uh, with clients, is there a common thread that you are hearing above others that you can share with us about uh, concerns or uh, issues that uh, women are expressing toward to you uh, about men? You mean like the qualities that they're trying to, to avoid? E- either that or is there a, some kind of commonality uh, that is rising above other issues uh, that uh, other women can learn from and even the men listening can learn from, too? There's, there's a couple of them, and that's a really great question, Robbie, because one of the big ones is time. 
You know, we don't want to waste time. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You could be younger and you're wanting to have a family, so you have a biological clock ticking. You could be older and you're like, I don't want to spend more time by myself. I want to have a partner. I haven't been successful. So there's that fear that you're going to go into a relationship, spend X, Y, Z months or years, and then it turns to nothing and you feel like you've wasted time. And it's actually a a unique thing about um, the way the masculine and the feminine are wired. Women oftentimes say, I wasted X amount of time with this guy. Most men don't say that. You don't hear men say, oh, I wasted time in this relationship. So I'm like, yeah, we were together for two years. It didn't work out. Uh-huh. And it's a very different quality there. So that's one of the big ones. The other ones could take any form, but it basically comes down to getting hurt. Something that felt like getting hurt. Now, are there obviously physical ways? Yeah, we could have been abused. We could have been, you know, controlled. There's all these different things. But there's also just emotionally. And again, there's always that possibility. I always say that we've, for as long as this word's been around, we've been misspelling it, and that word is love, because love actually should be spelled R-I-S-K. <laughs> so true. Because you can't have one without the other. So true. But there, there is risk. risk. No, it's it's oh, all. Oh no, it's, the perfect guy. There won't be any risk. He'd never say anything to hurt me. Most people that care about you don't say something intentionally to hurt you, but they could still hurt you. They don't know it would hurt you. They don't know that it's going to be something that's a trigger for you. So, again, if we're avoiding that and we're like, I don't want any risk, it has to be the magic thing, I know it's going to work no matter what, then that's not love. Mm-hmm. That's control. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, a uh, great answer. Uh, we have to go to our second break, and uh, I think we have a caller on the line that we will bring in when we come back, but uh, we will be right back with uh, Ken Bechtel. And now, back to Done Being Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay, so we always get cut off at the – I always have a thought, and then we have to go to break all the time so I want to follow up on something Ken said about what did I say about amen brother see I already forgot something about fear I know this is what this is where I need to write it down Um, I really believe fear is just uh, it drives so much so many things in life uh, good and bad and um, Ken I'm I totally agree that that women and I can only speak I'm going to speak for myself uh, and for all womankind, we are so afraid of fear, and we are afraid of risk, and we are afraid of feeling vulnerable. It is the scariest fucking feeling. Um, it is scary as fuck, and I say this all the time. Falling in love or just letting yourself go and opening yourself up is scary as fuck. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that women put up obstacles to ha- to avoid it. And what do you... would, would, would Robbie is now making motions with his hands to. Is there a question in there? I know well, it was a. It was. Is it comment? Is it? I don't know. Is it a, a thought? It was just a follow up thought. You know. You, how do you? Okay, so Ken, do you have any follow up thoughts to her follow up thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you're 100 percent right, Trevor, and and I want to make it really clear. I love women. This isn't about women are wrong. They're doing everything wrong. Not at all. My my purpose in this is to help you be able to bring the, your gifts forward instead of being afraid that you can't be loved for that. Most of the time, the most lovable thing about us is the thing we think is unlovable. 
We're afraid oh. of that uniqueness. We're afraid of. I hear it all the time. I want to. I want to be appreciated for my quirks, <laughs> but I hide them because I'm afraid right. nobody will love me for that. They'll think it's too weird. They'll think my laugh is too loud. They'll think it's strange that I enjoy whatever needlepoint. You know, it's like whatever it is. This is where we we sabotage ourselves because that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you worth the risk. Is there something special, magic about you, different? Yeah. It's not about being like everybody else. It's about being yourself. That's no, your gift. That's your influence th- in the world. And there may be issues with exposing those parts of yourself that you may be feeling uncomfortable about too soon because you are insecure mm-hmm. about those things. And you may yep. not need to be that way. You can you can laugh funny. You can show that you're into needlepoint. You can do quirky things, and hopefully somebody's going to go, "Oh, you just stood out to me. That's right. really cool. Right. I dig that." So, uh, wow, you hit the nail on the head for me, Ken. Where were you when I, I say this all the time? Where were you when I was single? Right, well, clearly, well, you you got there anyhow. So good for you. Yes, however it takes to get there. So we have a caller on the line, and uh, we are going to bring him on, and his name is Fred. Fred, are you there? I am here. Robbie, Trevor, nice to talk to you. Fred, thank you so much for calling in. It's great to hear from you. Uh, We have Ken Bechtel on the phone, so do you have a question for Ken? Well, it's not so much a question. It's it's more of a, a comment on what we're looking at society today and really addressing what men's roles are in society today. You know, uh, any man over the age of 40 probably had a role model who expressed behavior that really isn't acceptable today in society, in the man-woman dynamic. Maybe men over 40, 45. I'm 60. I had every man around me express behavior that was would be considered highly inappropriate today, and specifically straight white men. So it's not so much a question, more of just a broad topic of what are men to do, for example. Uh, We learned how to date, flirt, love in a different way, and it's obviously become an issue today with older, straight, white men. Correct or incorrect? Hit it, Ken. <laughs> hey, Fred. Uh, this, this that's a great observation, and you know, it's it's. I mean, there's obviously a lot of facts behind that because there are a lot of behaviors that we grew up with. I'm 52. I I mean, that's that was acceptable and normal, and we saw it everywhere. And so we got a lot of those examples. And I think the biggest thing to be aware of, and, and Trevor actually touched on this earlier, is as men, we most of the time have no idea how often the women in our lives don't feel safe. And it's it's a very primal thing. It's not even conscious. I mean, obviously, there's not like the same kind of dangers that we might have had when we were, you know, caveman and cavewoman or whatever. But it's still there. It's part of our instincts. And one of the things that I've, I've learned over the years and, and have validated thousands and thousands of times is how frequently women will feel unsafe. And now we're starting to learn all these different experiences that so many women have had that have actually reinforced 
that fear. And so one is be aware that there's a whole lot more women that have had some really, really terrible experiences out there than we even realize as men. And so I would agree agree with that completely. Yeah, totally. I mean, this what's going on right now is bringing to light things that people are just like, you got to be kidding me. And then you hear, I mean, I hear it every day. And it's, I, I, I said this one day, I said, if I took it personally and took it on myself and said, oh my gosh, now I'm a bad person, from all the stuff I hear from the women I work with, I would, I would hate being a man. Because there are a lot of terrible things that have happened that men have perpetrated. And the thing to know, and this is for the women listening too, there are a lot of tremendously amazing men out there. So from both sides, we've got to be aware of each other. And instead of going, oh my God, again, going back to those fears, he's probably just a predator. He's probably going to be like this. See the man that's in front of you is the man that's in front of you, not the man that's in front of you through the filters of the past men that have not been a good guy. And as men, we need to check in with women more than we ever realized about, hey, are you okay with this? Is this comfortable for you? And it's not, you know, being condescending. It's being aware and checking in. And it's a tremendous thing because what you're doing is you're seeing that woman you're interacting with as a woman, not as a curvy, emotional man. And that's what we need to do is be aware of that and go, hey, I'm learning here because obviously our environment's changing. Be honest about it. I always say, I don't care how old you are, how long you've dated. The truth is we're all a bunch of teenagers bumbling around in the dark. We're all still figuring it out as we go along. And the more we can own that and just be like, hey, I just want to make sure I'm, you know, we're in alignment here. Is this okay if we talk about this? Or, you know, I don't want to say things that make you uncomfortable. So let me know where your comfort level is. Uh, Fred, right. I have a so question. That level of connection makes a huge difference. So, okay. so, Ken, let me ask you this. I own a business. Yeah. I have female employees, and I open the door for them in the morning to come in, and I hold it open, as we were taught mm-hmm. as young yep. men to do. But they're my employees. So now am I making a gesture that is inappropriate by holding a door open for a woman? That's a great who's an employee? Who is an employee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is some of the the blowback that's happening, right? Guys don't even know if they can open a door for someone or offer to carry a package for them. And and God God forbid they compliment them on what they're wearing or their hair or anything of that nature. So in other words, a woman Mm -hmm. says, I feel great. An employee says, I feel great. I've been going to the gym after work every day, and I'm feeling much better. So a natural response Mm -hmm. for a man is, well, to be honest, you're looking much better. Boom. Mistake. Mm-hmm. Out. Problem. Mm-hmm. Fire. HR. Yeah. I'm saying, man. And again, this is, it's, it's, it's very hard. And I know men who said, I don't, I literally do not talk to women at work anymore. That's right. And that is a, I know men who will not have, will not meet with anyone without a third party there as a witness. Wow. Because they're so yeah. uncertain of, is anything I'm going to do or say be taken out of, you know, and used against me? So the biggest thing we can do, and, and this is because we're all having to learn again, is check in and say, hey, is it okay if I grab the door for you? Oh, okay. 
That's that's legitimate. That's still healthy. not instinctual. Instinctual is if you spend no, thirty years opening the door for a you're woman, right. you're going to open the door mm-hmm. instinctually. You're going yeah. to pull a chair out. I, I don't know. You know, it's all these things, and I, I just bring this up because it's timely. Because from my point of view, there is not a candidate for the Supreme Court and straight white man over forty who has not expressed inappropriate behavior in some way. It's a spectrum. It's not black. It's not white. Right? There, there's not. I don't know a man my age that's never expressed inappropriate behavior with women. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And if it's, it's just, there's no, so in theory, there are no men, straight white men, let's say, over 40, who are acceptable candidates. I think that there's obviously, there's standards, though, that are, need to be uh, uh, broken or hit in order for that person to really not be considered for that type of a position. And that's what we are all being confronted with uh, in these past couple of weeks. Uh, we only have a couple minutes to a break, but um, Fred, I have a question for you. Do you find sure. yourself uh, biting your tongue or needing to suppress a thought that would naturally come out based on the role models that you grew up with that mm-hmm. you would think would be, oh, this will be a funny little, little quip or something, and uh, who's going to be offended by that? Are you now in a position where you're saying, oh, I, I can't say that. that? I need to put a filter uh, on on my well, on my thoughts well, right now. Certainly, but to Ken's point, I'm now aware of it because I'm forced to be aware of it. But I definitely find myself self-suppressing thoughts, feelings, actions, and, and all those things. I'm, all the time. You know, you walk down the street today and you look at a girl and it's that's offensive to them. I'm they go right to their phone or they go, you know. Now, the other side of that is women over a certain age, and I just don't want to be, you know, addressing women's age here, but they enjoy that. They want Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Okay, so we... Women of a is, certain age? Yes. She likes it. Yeah. <laughs> so but I you, can't, you, can't, you can't gauge that's that. a very dangerous statement to say she likes it. Well, I mean, I... Within That's reason, you know, but your reason may be not. Well, I, I don't, uh, you know, if a guy's walking down the street and goes, hey, nice rack. <laughs> I mean, that you do get that a lot. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's I think it's I think you you were all in agreement here that and you can you said it women ultimately need to feel safe. But what is that line? Where is that line? Uh, well, but the, you know Women what they also, also need? Yeah, they also need, we had a, um, a guest on a few months ago, Brian Howie. He said women need three things. They need to feel, be, they need to feel safe. They need, need to feel special. And I think he said they need to feel sexy. Is that what he said? So, How do I feel sexy? I make you feel sexy by saying you look beautiful. It's a beautiful dress. Your hair looks great. You're in great shape. It, it, it's, anyway, the point is it's just a real sort of, not even a fork in the road. It's just more of a dilemma that we're all facing and addressing. And what it's caused me to do is withdraw tremendously. I, I've just withdrawn. I, I used to rub a woman's back. Now I just rub men's back. It's safer. It's easier. I'm not gonna <laughs> that get also could get you into trouble, though. You have to be careful there. No, right? no, no, so. no. Male friends? No. They love, male friends no. love death. Everybody wants their neck and their shoulders rubbed. Every human on the planet. Every single one. They do, because we're all tense, we're all uptight, life is tough, weird world we live in. Rub someone's neck for 
30 seconds and watch them relax. But anyway, that's the point. Anyway, guys. All I right, love Fred, you. thank and, you so much uh, for the call. Really great discussion. Uh, we do have to go to a break, Ken, so stay with us. Uh, Fred, have a great rest of the day, and thank you again. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Bye. And now back to Done Being Single with Married Couple and Dating Ass Kickers, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. All right. That was okay, a so, yes, quick break. So I have a burning question. Burning. Burning. It's burning. Where is it burning? It's a hunk of hunk of burning <laughs> question. Um, uh, Ken, are you there? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. So so back to, to uh, the... Mm, notion that women want to feel safe, and yes, we do. How can you, how do you coach a woman who wants to feel safe, that safety is very important to her, without feeling needy? How do you, it's a fine line between wanting to feel safe and reassured and feeling needy. How do you, how do you stop someone, how do you stop a woman from going there? This is awesome. I love this question. Um, because it is. It's one of the things I hear all the time. I feel like I'm needy. I can't express this. I, the things I need, I, I then I'll be needy and I don't want that. There's a huge difference between needs and being needy. Huge. So your needs are, it could be something you need to feel safe. It could be something you need to, you know, feel like you're, you're connected. It, there's all kinds of different needs that we have. That's different than being needy. Needy is where you're actually asking somebody else to compromise being their best self because you won't do what you need to for yourself to be your best. So you're like, anytime you're like, well, I don't want to take, I I saw a cartoon once. It said this uh, female figure, it's a little amorphous figure, and it's like, I want you to take care of me. And the guy says, no, thank you. And she screams, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what think? It's like, oh, it's his job or it's the other party's job to take care of us. And really, it's our job to take care of our needs, but part of that is expressing what they are. Because the thing about men are hardwired to take care of women's needs that they care about, that we're, we're providers by nature. But we don't know what your needs are. So this happens all the time. Women will talk to me and they'll say, you know, I was dating this guy, and he just, everything was about what he needed. It's like, well, he had needs, and he was expressing them and making sure they were fulfilled. Why weren't you? Mm -hmm. But we think, oh, that's needy. No, it's owning what I need to be my best. So your job is to let him know what those are so he can support you in that or take care of them yourself, whatever it is. But as far as safety goes, again, men have a very different relationship with safety. Most men, if you ask most men when was the last time they didn't feel safe, they will have a hard time remembering what it was. Most women haven't felt safe in the last hour. Right. Right. And I, so I think... We don't sorry, understand how often that isn't there for you. We don't understand all these things that feel unsafe for you. So if your need is, I need to feel safe with this person, you're going to have to educate him on what that is. Because he's not going to just know. Because for him, he doesn't have that same experience. And this is where we get into trouble. We assume, well, it's so obvious, of course you should know. Here's the thing I want you to hear, everyone listening. Anything that seems obvious, nine times out of ten, is not to your partner. 
So the thing you want to do is make sure you address it because there's only two outcomes that can come from that. If something feels obvious to you and you bring it up, either A, you confirm that it was obvious and they already knew this, great, or you just inform them of something you thought they knew and they didn't. Either way, you win. But the fear is just what you said, Trevor. But then I'll be this needy, naggy person. No, you're just saying, hey, you do realize when you do that, that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I had no idea. And then you can talk about it. Yeah, I Instead think that... waiting nap- until it's happened so long that you're pissed off and finally you explode at him and he's like, what just happened? Right. Well, first of all, men are not mind readers. Nope. And some women are not okay, either. Right. Um, I would say that the natural enemy of neediness is self-sufficiency. I I just bang the drum every week on this that that you can't you cannot ultimately get reassurances from someone else. You just can't. You gotta. It's so imperative. It's so um, incumbent upon the woman to be the source of her own validation, so that. Whatever you do, what you're getting is a plus. It's like an added bonus to something that you're already giving yourself. That I harp on that all the time in my blogs and my, you know, when I'm coaching clients. And I, I know that you do too because I think neediness is uh, just such. It's a terrible turnoff. I, you know, just I think, it, but it's hard not to be needy. It's because neediness comes from fear, insecurity, and insecurity. Yep. And you're right, because part of getting your needs met is, A, knowing what they are, B, owning that that's okay to have those needs, and then communicating those for the validation and support you can get, not to have them go, oh, yes, you, you know, they have to suddenly make up for those needs, like you were saying. It's owning it first on your side, and then being able to bring it forward and go, cool, awesome, This like, how do we make this work? How do we make sure you get those needs? Because ultimately... If your focus is on being your best self, well, then you're going to need to have your needs met. It's kind of like a flower, right? If the flower doesn't get enough water or nutrients or whatever, it can't bloom. It won't die, but it won't bloom, which means everybody misses out on those the real gift of the flower, which is the blossom. Mm-hmm. So nobody else knows what those needs are. That's why when you mm-hmm. go to the store and you buy a plant, it has a little hang tag. It tells you what it needs. Right. Right? It says it needs... Lots of light and, and warm temperatures. And if it's not something you can provide in the environment you want to put it in, what do you do? You don't buy it. You know that's not a match for you. The same thing happens right. with us. I, Some people are in the space to be able to contribute to those needs. Some people aren't. It doesn't make so, your needs wrong. It doesn't make them wrong. It's just not a match. So what you're saying is that we should all walk around with hang tags on us that tell, right. <laughs> tell others cool. what well, our needs are. It would are. be cool. It would be kind of weird. Feeding instructions. be kind of a little weird. Feeding instructions. Feeding yes. instructions. Please what, water me twice a what week. What we need. It's actually a interesting <laughs> It's idea. kind of funny. I I, but I, I have very strong feelings on, on um, making your needs known. I think it is the most empowering mm-hmm. thing you can do in a relationship while yeah. you're dating Minute one, say, here are my Early needs. Early on, yes. And I've got this covered, but you know what? The rest, this is what I kind of need going forward. I think that's a really strong move. And I wanted to say something. Ken, I need, we want to know, how. what advice would you give? And these are your, maybe some tips. Uh, that would be great to have a tip, tip because of, we only have okay. two minutes left. So. All right, here we go. One minute left, one actually. Minute, Ken? How, what, 30 seconds, how, what do you go. tell women? How do you tell women to stop putting up obstacles? The biggest thing is 
to upgrade your operating system. Most of your obstacles are blind spots. You don't even know you're doing it. And you need to have somebody who can actually recognize that and call you out on it, that, that cares about you and is like, hey, do you realize you're doing this to yourself? And I promise you, you will be dumbfounded. You'll be like, I do? And it's like, yeah, you did it three times in the last five minutes. Oh, my gosh. I do that all the time. And you don't realize how you're actually self-sabotaging. So get a, get a mentor, get a coach, get a confidant, get a, a trusted friend, and let them be honest with you. Good advice. Good. Would you like to whisper that? I think... No, uh, I don't think I need to whisper it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. We are needing to wrap up our show, unfortunately, because we can go on a long time. It this, always happens that way, really doesn't great. it? Yeah. You know it's a good show when you just you you don't run out of stuff. You can keep going, and you get like pissed when it's okay. over. So you want more. Ken, tell us where we can find you out there in the world. Uh, you can just go to kenbechtel.com, which is just my name on uh, any internet connection that you have. And uh, if you want to watch the the uh, listen to the podcast that the trouble is a part of, yes, certainly check out speakingofpartnership.com, or you can find me on iTunes. Same way. Speaking of partnership is the name of the show. Excellent. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, everybody out there. My pleasure. And uh, we will uh, be back next week. We are done. We are done being single. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Okay. Bye bye. Bye -bye. Thanks, Ken. See you next week on Done Being Single. 